Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. the great condescension. He condescended to us from heaven. He left his abode. He left his home. And not only that, but he also identified us uh, with us in baptism, even though he was without sin and did not need to be baptized. But he went through it anyway. God Almighty, he manifested. He made. He showed it to us. He demonstrated it in very tangible ways. He was willing to be wrongly accused, and he was silent. Just as it says in Isaiah 53, that as a lamb before its shears is silent, so he opened out his mouth. Can I ever say Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Truth in Christ Radio. Today, Pastor Rob brings us through a series of Scripture that dictates the love of God. Scripture says, In this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God sent His only begotten Son. This shows us what love is and what it means. Love is not only defined by the sacrifice of Jesus, It is also defined by the giving of the Father. It was a sacrifice for the Father to send the second person of the Trinity and a sacrifice to pour out the judgment we deserved upon God the Son. Now let's join Pastor Rob for today's lesson. And the motive behind their action is totally selfless and even self or even sacrificial. Have you ever seen those kinds of acts? where they're not concerned about if anybody's got a camera. There's no Channel 10 news camera there recording the event. Something happens to people when they get a camera in front of them. It gets really crazy. But you know what God really loves? He loves when we do these kinds of acts of love when there's no possibility of anybody finding out about it. It's giving in simplicity. It's, it's doing things in the shadows that nobody even sees. And God, what God sees done in the, in the shadows or in the darkness, not in spiritual darkness, but just in away from all of the noise and all the press. He says, what, what the, what's done in secret, I will reward openly. There's coming a day, folks, when we're going to be rewarded for those things that we've done. But this is precious in the sight of God when we do things, not to be on the front cover of the newspaper. But let me tell you that every act of kindness, every self-sacrificing act that you do is etched in the chronicles in heaven. Doesn't the Bible say there's going to be books that are going to be opened? And God, you're going to be rewarded. It's called the judgment seat of Christ. It's not a judgment of salvation or lack thereof, but as a child of God, you are going to receive a judgment, and it's going to be for rewards or lack of rewards. It's totally separate from the other judgment in Revelation 20, verses 11 through 15. It talks about the great white throne judgment. That's for unbelievers. There's no hope for them at that judgment. But you and I, as Christians, will stand at the judgment seat of Christ. 
And the Lord will be able to open up all those things, all those selfless acts that nobody knew. Can you imagine? Have you ever done something like that? I imagine that we all have. And I would encourage you to let it be something that just happens very naturally, supernatural. We don't need to do anything to be seen by anyone. The more important thing is that God sees. And that really blesses him. That brings honor to him because your motive is completely different. But let's go on in verse 4 here in 1 Corinthians 13. Notice what he says. This idea of agape, it suffers long. It's very patient. It's very kind. It doesn't envy. It does not parade itself. It's not puffed up. It doesn't behave rudely. It doesn't seek its own. It's not provoked. It thinks no evil. does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things. It believes all things. It hopes all things. And I love this. It endures all things. Real love endures Unfortunately, in our culture, love sometimes is based upon performance. I love you if you do this for me. And unfortunately, there's a lot of marriages today that are based on this kind of selfish love. That's why there's so many divorces. Well, when I first married him, he spouted all these promises, spoke all these sonnets, and brought all the flowers. But now that I've got the ring on the finger, and a year has gone by, I'm just like an old shoe. I'm just like an old shoe. And if I don't keep up, my performance, then his love, her love for me begins to wane. Is that really what love is? That is not love at all. But love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Notice verse 8, love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Notice these spiritual gifts. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. And I love what Paul says. He says, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. And he's talking about seeing Jesus face to face at the rapture. When we see him face to face, that which is perfect has come is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the only one who's perfect. When he comes... He says, for we see in a mirror darkly or dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall be known. Then I shall know just as I am known. And here the verse is, and now there abides faith, hope, and agape love. These three, but the greatest of these is what? It's love. It's agape. It's so important. You heard in our skit today that in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, it says, the fruit of the Spirit And it's supposed to be singular. The word there, fruit, is singular. It's a singular word. The the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. And and it's the word agape. It's love, joy, peace, long-suffering, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. All of those things are really considered a unifying thing. And it's all wrapped up in agape love. Because agape love, when that's operating freely in your life, or even operating sporadically, those will be the demonstrations of it. There will be joy, real joy, not based on the things that I have or I don't have. It'll be based on peace, a real peace within, not a peace that is obtained by my being safe necessarily. And long-suffering, patience. Are you patient with one another? Are you even kind? Is your life marked by goodness? Are you a faithful person? Is there faithfulness in your life? Is there gentleness? Are you gentle or are you just a raging bull? 
Do you have self-control or the lack thereof? These are all things that, they're like a beatitude. These are the things that ought to be demonstrated in the life of the believer. In verse 8, he says, He who does not love God does not know God, for God is love. And here it is again. This, this grammar is, is, is so important because the idea is, he who does not continually love does not know God. Somebody who is just filled with hate, and we see that all around us. If we do not habitually love, we prove or show that we do not know God. And he who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Jesus said in the Gospels, Matthew chapter 7, he says, you will know them by their fruits. You will know whether they are operating by love or not. We are not to judge anyone, but we are to be fruit inspectors, first in our own life, but also to be watching. person who is not governed by God, who doesn't love God, is going to be governed by something completely else. But somebody who is born of God is going to love God, and it's going to, and it's going to manifest itself very obviously. Notice what Jesus said in Matthew 7, beginning in verse 15. He says, Beware of false prophets who come into you with sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them, notice, by their fruits, by their actions, by the way they speak, by the way they hold themselves. Sometimes even the nonverbal things that they do, you can tell. Isn't that scary? (laughs) It's not even so much what you say, but your nonverbal communication that comes from all of us Speak sometimes louder than words. You cannot speak a word, but your nonverbal communication can be screaming a whole story. To me, that's scary. You know what that means? There's nowhere to hide. There's nowhere to hide. And so, therefore, you have to say, Lord, make me genuine. (laughs) Make me genuine in everything that I do. And help me to be gracious. Not to be too easily offended. Are you easily offended? Your life's going to be a mess if you're easily offended because offenses are all around us. You know, I think truly as we, as we take in the love of God and as we allow the Spirit of God to birth this love in us, it makes us to where we're kind of somewhat unflappable. Somebody can come up and say something bad about you, even if it's wrong, completely wrong. And you're, you're not like, you know, you're like Jesus. You know, he, did he throw a tantrum? Did he get on Twitter, put everything in all caps? Hits the send button. No, he seemed to just, they would judge him. But we can look at fruit, the fruit of a life. And first in our own lives, examine yourselves. He goes on to say, he says, Do not men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Or do men gather grapes from thorn thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears A good fruit, but a a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits you will know them. You will know them. It will be obvious to you. We don't have to judge. We, you, you, you realize, the world loves to take, take this, these kinds of things and throw it in our face. When, when we see something bad happen... And we say, that's not good. Oh, don't judge me. No, I'm not judging you. I'm judging the action. The action is wicked. The action is evil. That's not judging. That's just showing the fruit, right? And they just want to muzzle you so that you don't have any say any longer. So that they can continue doing what they're doing. But Jesus said, you'll know them by their fruits. And if he said that, that means that you have to be watching. 
first in your own life and in the lives of others. In Matthew chapter 12, the same gospel, in verse 33, and Jesus was speaking to the Pharisees, and he says, Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for a tree is known by its fruit. You brood of vipers, he tells them. How can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Isn't that true? The things that are in your heart are eventually going to come out. So therefore, it behooves me to really make sure that I got the Spirit of God in me and that I'm, I'm, I got my steady diet is the Word of God. Otherwise, all that's going to come out is the product of everything I'm watching, everything I'm seeing on television, the books that I'm reading, maybe the magazines that, you're, that you subscribe to, whatever it is, all that stuff will come out unless you replace it. You have to bring in the good stuff. Because that bad stuff will surface. It will surface. And boy, isn't it embarrassing when it does? It's horrible. He says, but I say to you that every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words you'll be justified, and by your words you'll be condemned. And I believe Jesus, because in that passage he's speaking to the Pharisees, he knew their heart. He knew ultimately that they were going to reject him. And he's speaking of a judgment for them that's not so good. That's not so good. But in 1 John chapter 4, verse 17 in our text today, Jesus, or John, I'm sorry, he says this, 1 John chapter 4, verse 17, Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. And now he's speaking to believers, so we know that that judgment is very different, and we, we talked about that earlier. Because as he is, as Jesus is, so are we in this world. You see, in verse 8 there, he says, He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. You know, that's why we see the followers of Islam, you know, threatening to kill those who do not submit, and, and that is why fear and hate dominates that religion. Because they're not, they, they believe they're serving God, but they're not serving God. They're not serving the Creator God. They're not, they're not serving Jehovah God. They're serving a God uh, that is a demon. He is not a God at all. And is it any surprise then that they are filled with hate, filled with hate and murder for those who don't agree? That's what Islam means, submission, with the sword if necessary. And yet God is a God of love. And is it any wonder that's the fastest growing religion in the world? See, the world hears the voice of hate. The world knows that voice. It knows the voice of anger and hatred, and so many are following it because all it takes is just a bunch of angry people to be angry at the establishment, to be angry at anything, and boy, they'll join the ranks of Islam because it encourages the hate. But God loves you, and God is holy. He wants you to live. In John chapter 14, Jesus says, If you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, if you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, speaking of the Holy Spirit, that he may abide with you forever. And he says, The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But notice, you have known him, for he dwells with you. He dwells with you, but then he'll be in you. I will not leave you orphans. See, that's the indwelling of the Spirit of God. I was wooed by God, just like you. I was wooed, just like a husband or a, a man would woo a, a, a girlfriend in, in the, in, during their courting time. 
doing everything to encourage the woman to go, wow, he really is something. He really is all that. And the Spirit of God does the same with us. He comes alongside of us. He woos us. He, he's getting us interested, giving us every reason to believe in him, to trust him. In John 14, verse 21, Jesus said, He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? And Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him. And he will come, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but my Father's who sent me. So important, so important for us to love. In verse 9 it says, In this the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. Notice, the love of God was manifested toward us. It's not something we asked for. He did it. In fact, in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, it says, God demonstrates his own love toward us, his agape love. He demonstrates for, toward us and that while we were yet sinners, again, Christ died for us. Is there anything more that God could have done for us when he has not even withheld from us his own son? In what ways has God manifested his love toward us? I just made a superficial list. Number one, he was willing to leave his heavenly home and be made in the likeness of sinful men. Talk about the great humiliation or the great condescension. I almost said condensation. Maybe it's just because of the weather. But that is the great condescension. He condescended to us from heaven. He left his abode. He left his home. And not only that, but he also identified us uh, with us in baptism, even though he was without sin and did not need to be baptized. But he went through it anyway. God Almighty, he manifested. He, made, he showed it to us. He demonstrated it in very tangible ways. He was willing to be wrongly accused, and he was silent. Just as it says in Isaiah 53, that as a lamb before its shears is silent, so he opened out his mouth as he was ridiculed, as he was lied to, as he was lied about. Almighty God, I mean, can you imagine? See, that, that is a gulf that I can't understand. I can't understand why he who is holy, who spoke all things and he has need of nothing he can't learn anything he's perfect and holy in every facet of the imagination and yet he will come to be dwell and be a human being and then to die in our place and be ridiculed that is true agape love see we didn't even ask for it in fact in, in revelation chapter 18 verse 3 it says that he is a lamb slain before the foundation of the earth that means before genesis 1 1 there was already a plan. There was already a rescue plan. There was a mission that had already been established. And he didn't ask our opinion. He didn't ask for a vote. He didn't take a poll and to find out how many people would appreciate him if he did such a thing or if he didn't do such a thing. How many of my constituents would be agreeable to me doing this? He never went to Barna Research and said, can you find it? Look at the polls. Do a poll. 
Let's see the numbers first. I want hard data before I'm going to do this because after all, you know, I am God. I'm not going to do this for nothing, you know. There's got to be something in it for me. But no. He was willing to be wrongly abused and beaten. He was willing to endure shame and ridicule, willing to be misunderstood, willing to be publicly humiliated. Do you know he, as he stood on that, or as he hung on that cross, he was stripped naked on that cross. And there he is, the Son of God, the creator of all things. There he was. And not only that, he was willing to be our atonement or propitiation, which just means an expiation. It just means to be delivered from sin. He was the one who did that. Jesus, in our place, he was willing to do that. <laughs> and so when we look at verse 9, in this the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. Notice, might live. Because the invitation there is open to every single soul that's ever been born. But might is an incredible word. Because the invitation is there, but God knows that not everybody's going to receive him. He knows that not everybody's going to take that invitation. And isn't that the travesty of the whole human race? (laughs) Is that God has done all of this for us? Manifested his love? given us this provision, and yet there are those who, you know, even right now, and perhaps some of you today, hopefully not any of you, but if you're here today and that's your heart, please understand that you have to make a decision today. You can't leave this door. You can't leave this place until you make that decision. And I would encourage you to make the right decision because there's only one who loves you like God loves you. No one else really loves you, but God really, really, really loves you. And I know this because he demonstrated it. He manifested it. He made it known. See, talk is cheap. We all know that. You can say all you want, but until I see action in your love, you can tell me you love me all you want, but until I see you do the dishes, until I see you help with the laundry, until I see you take out the trash without me having to ask, until I see you pick up the socks that are always in the corner and the, bu- and the, the bin is right there. It's right there. Just for heaven's sakes, for the love of God and Pete, put your socks in there. See, this is what I keep telling my wife. No birthday cake for me. I'm only kidding. She never does that. But you know, love, that's what it takes. It's a demonstration. Men, I'd encourage you, you can tell your wife you love her all you, all you want, but until she sees you making decisions that prove that love, that's really what this is about. Jesus' love was manifested. It was put on display for everyone to see. When we didn't deserve it, when we didn't ask for it, we didn't even care. We didn't even want it. And that's really the way it happened for me. When I came to Christ, I wasn't even looking for him. I didn't care about him. I was happy in my sin. Thank you very much. He invaded me. You've heard the story. I keep telling I can't escape it. But I wasn't looking. Is that love? Knowing that he, he, he knew where I was headed. He knew where you were headed. He saw you going along your life and thinking that you had it all together. 
And he's like, you don't even have a clue of what love is. You have no clue of what life is. You've been lied to, and this is the direction you're going. Well, I'm going to put an end to it. I'm going to intervene. And you know, God intervenes many times in a life. He intervened in my, intervened in my life several times. And now I look back on those times, and I'm going, wow, God, you really set up different people in my path all along. And he's like, yes, because I was trying to stop you. I was like that donkey when Balaam was riding that donkey, and the donkey's stopping before Balaam, and Balaam's whacking the donkey. I'm sorry that's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as we continue our study in John's epistles. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things, such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play and Apple Podcast. You may also join us on Sundays and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.